Good morning. Welcome to the Suns Planet Podcast, where three fans from around the globe bring together all of Suns Planet. Let's go. So I'm Keith, a.k.a. Sundress Dunks, and we traded away my favorite player this week. So I'm a little bit in mourning here, but I have my two co-hosts to try to cheer me up and help me get through this episode. First, we have the skinniest bouncer I've ever seen. Jake, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing uh, pretty darn well still. It's pretty darn well still. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll explain it all a little bit uh, here later as we get going. But, um, you know, I, I still think uh, we've got a, a fairly sunshine sky forecast uh, for this upcoming season. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys about why uh, the, the guy that, Looks a lot like Hamo, but is from Bosnia. Is going to be just all right. All right, and then also with us, we've got the one Aussie who does not like Vegemite. Hamo, how you doing? I oh, yeah, not doing too bad, guys. Got a little bit of hay fever, so you'll have to bear with me. But uh, yeah, no, forget Vegemite, man. That's horrible. <laughs> man, I don't know if there's any Australians in the chat yet, but. You guys better check on your boy here. I don't, I don't know about that take. Let us know how you feel. So, obviously, as many people know, DeAndre Ayton was my favorite player. He has been since he was drafted. I've always loved big men. You know, Charles Barkley is still my favorite big man, my favorite Suns player ever. When we got the number one pick for DeAndre Ayton, I was ecstatic because I knew that we were finally going to get the Luka prince Doncic. that was. Oh. <laughs> no, we were finally going to get the big man, the prince that was promised. And, you know, we did, and we had a lot of highs. Uh, but we have traded him this week. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of going through the five stages of grief. You know, first of all, it was kind of uh, denial. It was like, no way, you know, this trade's not going to happen. We've heard rumors now for two years. We've heard like 10 different times he's gone, he's traded. It didn't happen then. Why would it happen now? You know, we're two weeks from training camp. We got a lot of good guys in free agency. We had a team that could compete for the championship. Why would we do it now? It did not make sense. But uh, we've got some people already, you know, talking to Hamo about the Vegemite. So. We'll see how that goes for him. But uh, 
You know, I think the reason this trade finally happened now is, you know, off the court stuff and intangibles. Um, we'll talk about the on the court stuff a little bit later and get into specifics. But I think it boils down to the fact that, you know, we're all in for a championship this season. They did not feel they could trust DeAndre Ayton. His last playoff run was not great, especially in the Nuggets series. At times, Jock Landell outplayed him. So, you know, they they went for maybe a lower ceiling, but a higher floor. Someone they thought was a little more dependable. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, we're all in for a chip this season. Um, it still shocks me, the timing. But we obviously needed some salary flexibility as well. We had no one we could trade outside of DeAndre Ayton. Now we've got a couple tradable contracts in Grayson Allen and Nasir Little. We've also got more depth. You know, I thought we kind of had enough enough depth after free agency, but now we have even more. So I think they kind of looked at how things have gone the last couple of years, and they said, you know, we just don't trust this guy. And so we want to go a different way in hopefully what's going to be a championship season. What do you guys think about that and why we made the trade? Well, see, I was going to play Hamill on, but he clearly wasn't ready for me to uh, give him the uh, <laughs> that's sad, sad music. You guys are killing me here with that music. Mm. But who doesn't love some classic Celine Dion? Uh, shout out, Canada. Um, but uh, no. <laughs> uh yeah, it, it it hurts, right? Like, I mean, it was that the, the, I like that the prince that was promised. You know, it was we never got the first overall pick, and we just couldn't quite get it. And, uh, and then finally, we got it, and everything was going to change. And he he was from Arizona. He played his college ball there. Like, I mean, he was the local talent, so to speak. He was fun loving. Is fun loving. Um, you know, it's funny because some people would be like, "Well, I don't know if he's taking it as seriously as he should," and I'm like. Oh, he is a hell of an interview. Like I didn't personally interview the man, but I would sit there and just watch interviews uh, of him because when you listen to a different player talk, there's like, well, you know, you hope to play the game good and you want to play good. And I think we played pretty good. And, and you do that by playing good together. And, you know, they just don't want to attack to actually tell you anything. And D DA would sit there and be like, well, we were attacking them up front and we really got to control the rebounds. But then you got to really move the ball around the court. And that's what we were really working on. And that's when this guy said this, man, I'm just having a blast out there. And it was just it was easy to feed off that energy. Right. It, um, because let's be honest, uh, Booker, we all love, but he's he can be a little bit like, you know, we're going to go out there and do our best and see what happens. I mean, it's it's just like, you know, you can only have the, the brooding hero uh, so much. You know, some people like uh, the Batman um, and some people like a little bit more, you know, uh, Aquaman. And that was probably a little bit more DA. Um, oh, so, uh, no, it, it's going to be he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, I think I think you're right, uh, Keith. I think there was a little bit of um, hmm, how to describe it. Like he just. There was always kind of that awkwardness, right? I think we all picked up on it in stories over the last few seasons of just like, 
oh, Booker and the guys went out and had a good time at this party. And it's like, where was DA? We don't know. And uh, and then you'd read articles about DA being like, oh, you know, I miss family and stuff like that. So it's about three in the morning and I'm playing video games and uh, NBA 2K and he's rocking out on that and great for him. If, if he's able to perform at a professional level and uh, and still be able to play that late in the morning, hey, you know, I'm not going to control the man's life. That's not my job. Uh, I'm just a fan. But uh, no, I, I do think there was just, you know, it, it was a little bit of oil and water um, and, you know, both are, you know, both can be great, but, um, you know, it, it was clear that there was not that kind of, uh, they weren't in the same house together. And, you know, there was a few times where DA referred to himself, you know, as, as books, you know, big, taller brother. Um, but, uh, you know, it just never quite really felt like it, but, um, you know, there's a reason why, for example, KD and to an extent, Chris Paul, of course, he's not here right now, but, um, you know, Kevin Durant, for example, just being like, I want to come play with Booker. You never really felt like there was that camaraderie between Nathan and, and Booker. And I think to an extent, that's what you're seeing is that um, we always knew Aiden had talent. We all got frustrated, fans and not fans alike, got frustrated uh, last season in the playoffs. You know, we wanted that playoff DA back that we had for the finals run. Um, we haven't, we've seen flashes of it again. But I think what the organization is essentially telling us is um, we don't want to risk this t- this opportunity this year right now on you know do we need da to step up and and dominate and i'm I'm not saying that they necessarily thought that but i do think that they thought you know what it's going to be a better fit for him let him go have a blast in portland i'm sure he will and uh and we will sit here and and really try and focus in on what we're trying to do but hamble your 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 throat seems clear now what do you got for us (laughs) yeah sorry guys um This isn't the way it was meant to go down. It's really not. Um, I think we were always a little bit too... uh, I think we let our expectations get on top of us in terms of, you know, number one pick, our first number one pick in a very long time was supposed to be the second coming of Jesus. (laughs) Never ended up working the way, you know, the way that we hoped. And we we're always going to be critical of that, always, um, because nothing will ever be good enough for a player with that amount of hype connected to them. Um, it'll come out very, very shortly. It's starting to get there, but I think it's going to end up looking pretty ugly at, when we get to the finish line in terms of what was going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I... I've, I've always been a DA stand. I've always given him the benefit of the doubt, but he's turned into a little girl. He really is. The way this last week or two, he's, he, he seems humble enough and, and thankful enough at the moment. Look, I was talking to Sunskeek earlier today and I said, this, this hurts about half as much as when we lost Bridges. Uh, the, the old Star Wars meme. You're supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> it just didn't just didn't work out. So, still processing it. To be honest, it's hard. It's very hard. But we're going to move on. Got to adapt. Got to survive. And we will. We will just completely 
move on and forget he was ever one of us by the end of the season. Yeah, you know, he at least seems to be very happy in Portland, like you guys said. I don't know if everyone saw the video on Twitter, but if you didn't, Hold check on, though, it out. Keith. I got to jump in, though, because Hamill really – was this what you said? Was that really what you said? Now, I get it. The most biggest frustration we always had, of course, was that DA would not take the ball up strong. And I think statistically shows that he was one of the least likely to go hard in the paint. And I think that was the biggest frustration because if you talk to Aiton stands like myself, even I would put those rose-colored glasses on sometimes and go, you know what? He just he just has to he just has to you know get in the rhythm or he just has to have the feel right and then he's just gonna start you know what it was I was I was in my mind I thought I was watching my the DA two K version that I play with where it's like oh I drop it down to him uh, you know down low and he just dunks over it he power dunks over people and it was so rare in real games that and don't get me wrong he was a good shooter. He is a good shooter. Um, you know, and he, that, that shot is so smooth, uh, you know, for a big man. But when you're a seven foot, 250 plus pound man, there's an expectation that, uh, you know, when there's a guard on you, that you will back the, that person down and hurt him a little bit. And I think what we are getting at and, uh, uh, is, you know, we're, I think the reason why Hamill is starting to think that uh, DA was playing a little bit like a girl is he reminded him of a little bit of his other favorite Australian player, uh, uh, Benjamin Simmons, I believe is his name, uh, who is also known as uh, going very hard in the paint. Uh, so, uh, Hamill, is that what you're saying, that DA is just the Ben Simmons of, uh, of the Phoenix Suns or was? I don't know who that is. Never heard of him, huh? No. <laughs> Okay, well, you'll have to Google that afterwards then. Will do. (laughs) Sorry, Keith, I catch you on. No worries. You know, uh, Hamo and I did not coordinate this, but we're both wearing Valley gear. You know, this is kind of the end of the Valley Boys era. Mikel, Cam, DA, they're all gone. It's a new era. We have almost a, a whole new team of players we didn't even have. We, we haven't even seen play on the Suns. But, you know, DA is very happy in Portland. That's helping me a lot personally in my mental stability as I try to go through the five stages of grief to finally get to that last stage of acceptance. I'm not quite there yet, but uh, we're getting there. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the specifics. So, you know, we, we traded Aiton. It's part of a three-team Damian Lillard trade. We traded Aiton and Tumani Kamara, our second-round pick, who showed a lot of flashes in the summer league and might be a good scorer and a good player. And we received Grayson Allen, the most hated man in the NBA, Yusuf Nurkic, who seems to kind of be the Blazers version of DA, and uh, Nasir Little a guy who has some talent but hasn't really shown it yet. What do you guys think about the guys who came in and kind of the specific on-the-court fit? Are we better? Are we worse? Jake, you have any thoughts on that? 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, that hay fever is wicked in Australia right now. So, <laughs> no, uh, I would say it it's tough. Um, I definitely feel like we have lowered the ceiling on this team. Uh, I don't think it's by a tremendous amount. I think we did lift the floor, though. Uh, I, I've heard that kind of thrown around, and I thought that was a very strong description um, because what Yusuf does – uh, that, uh, you know, I, I think we, we've all heard rumors that Yusuf is about as motivated as DA is. Um, I, I take that with a grain of salt because Yusuf has been playing on teams that have been getting bounced early from playoff contention. Um, you know, he's been injured or has he been injured like D, uh, Devin Booker was injured early in his career uh, because we wanted to tank and, and get the next best pick. Um, so I, I think Yusuf... Uh, he is so good uh, for that for the Blazers that they were shutting him down early. They were shutting Dame Lillard down early um, so that they could coast out the next, you know, 15, 20 games. So I, I'm, I don't really believe the hype of that he just doesn't hustle as much. He's a bigger body than D.A. And so I think, you know, everyone still has those, uh, you know, PTSD flashbacks of D.A., getting bodied out from underneath the basket by uh, the Joker and the Joker just sitting there and having like four attempts right at point blank range and Durant can't move him out of the way. And Aiton's not running back into the fray and throwing his body into him. Yusuf will. Yusuf is more likely to foul out uh, of a game uh, trying to do that. Now, was that going to work? I don't know. We've also got his backup just in case. So we do have, uh, you know, uh, 12 fouls to play with at the center position now. So I, I think, I, I, I like what he brings. He, he's a better distributor than Aiton is. Aiton actually had a negative uh, turnover to assist ratio or assist to turnover ratio. Um, Yusuf actually assists. Now, he's not the joker. He's not going to get you 10 a game. But, you know, four uh, is going to definitely be happening, whereas Aiton was not ever really called upon to set a screen and, and kind of shovel pass off or anything like that. Uh, and so, you know, Aiton would, you know, sometimes get one – two a game and two would be good for him. So uh, I think Yusuf's going to be solid interior defender uh, with that bigger body. He's going to get those rebounds that hopefully there, we won't have a whole lot of, because we're going to have three guys just absolutely lighting up the scoreboard uh, and uh, doing it efficiently that it's good to have somebody that's job is to just sit there under the basket, collect what little, you know, rebounds there will be uh, offensively, hopefully more on defense and then just block out guys. Cause you know, Beal, Booker, and Durant are good defenders, but I don't think any of them are necessarily good interior defenders. That's what Yusuf's going to bring. I think DA is a good interior defender, but I think, um, you know, Yusuf's just going to really help a little bit more on the boards. And again, it's more to me, it's brought the ceiling down a little bit, lifted the floor up a little bit. So uh, we won't see as much flash games from Yusuf, but I think we're also not, we're going to see fewer games of him just kind of disappearing uh, so to speak. Uh, look, it's it's left a bit of taste in my mouth the whole thing. So, personally, waiting to see what Nurk does at the moment. I just don't care. It the the hurt outweighs the the possibilities. It for me, it's it just does. Um, Statistical-wise, Nurk is not the player that DA is. Uh, his numbers don't equal DA's. 
and uh, I think that the Suns GM or PHNX was saying, you know, Aiton's playing an average of 65 games a season at the moment. Nurk's only playing 45. So we're losing production value for our big men straight off the bat. But I don't know. Well, it's man. a little hard to say 45. He, I mean, you know, because he had that one season where he, yeah, he was out after like eight games. So, I mean, he had that, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, no, none of us are going into this year being like, well, Kevin Durant's probably going to like get knocked out for 30 games. So, you know, I, totally. I always want us to be careful on those averages. And, and again, you got to keep in mind, because we had that 10 years of terribleness, the decade of despair, you know, we were shutting guys down early. There was no reason for them to send out Nurk any more than they had to. And and Dame the same. Uh, you know, remember, was it last year he had abdominal surgery? And there's like, yeah, and he's uh, done for the year. And, uh, no, they, they didn't have to. They could have come out and tried to compete for a play-in uh, spot. But there's no reason to do that. Um, and so I, I, I'm – I'm still a little bit hesitant to to throw Nurk out as necessarily like I, I I understand totally the concern of having four starters like only give you like sixty percent of your games. Um, but uh, I, I I'm still curious: is it going to be because he was on a bad team that they're shutting him down because he would have helped them win games otherwise? I think that's more likely. Yeah, and and Void has got a, a brilliant comment here in the chat, and thank you very much, everyone, for getting involved in the chat. Really appreciate you guys. But uh, as you can see there on screen, but for the the audio listeners, uh, Darth Voider of the Suns Jam session, John Voider is telling us, you know, Nurk is also on a team tank, a, a tanking Portland team who sat him. So he's a hundred percent right. You're right, Jake. I can't jump on everything that that has happened in Portland and say. That's going to be the way it is in Phoenix with Nurk. Uh, however, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just still a bit pissed off at the whole thing. I just maybe I don't want Nurk to be that good. <laughs> well, I but, guess that's the question, right? Guys, are, are you more upset that the trade was taken has taken place, or are you more upset that Da has not reached his potential before this trade took place? Is it more frustration the in the there. trade or disappointment? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's frustrating because, oh, geez, us podcasters have made a career talking about DA for the last couple of years. <laughs> we really have, and like, best not, interview not, in the league, right? Yeah, and he's not, like the Tim not, Tebow of the Phoenix Suns. You just you got always got to talk about him, right? Jeez, Tebow, far out. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I'm still so confused and. And here I thought I was the most depressed one, but I don't know. Hemo might be even more so. Well, and, and but guys, ask yourselves this. For this team, Bradley Beal, Booker, Kevin Durant, if I told you I would give you a guy that would average, um, let's see. I'm just going right, to read off some numbers here. Uh, over 12 rebounds a game, uh, four assists a game, a block and a steal, and 18 points versus 21 points. Uh, less than a block, less than a steal, only two assists, and uh, less than 12 rebounds a game. What do you think fits better with Beal, Durant, and Booker? And to me, it comes back to the guy that creates more and the guy that rebounds more. We don't need necessarily, for this group, a guy that's going to be able to score better. 
Yeah, I think Nurkic really fits on offense That's for two for two main reasons. You mentioned his passing, the assists. He's definitely a better passer than DeAndre Ayton. He definitely is more experienced. He has a little bit more basketball IQ. He'll be able to fit in really well on offense, I think. He also spaces the floor. He takes more threes than D.A. He won't be clogging the paint as much as DeAndre Ayton would. And so I think the fit on offense is really, really good. Well, and that's I, interesting. I will give you some credit, though, Keith uh, and, and, and Hamill, because I know you guys are big uh, Ayton fans. I'm not necessarily sure that the reason why Nurkic is a better three-point shooter than Ayton is simply because he is. It also could be that Monty never let D.A. shoot those threes because I think we all knew that he was chomping at the pit to get out there and show that range. But they just really wanted to utilize him as kind of a, oh gosh, like a seven seconds or less Kurt Thomas. Like, hey, your job is to set a pick and then get the hell out of the way. Uh, but don't shoot threes. And uh, and actually, I, I, was I the only one that ever got frustrated that when he would then you know roll, sometimes he'd get it. But a lot of times there was very little post-up and there's ar- arguments to be made about whether or not the post-up's even an effective play as, or as effective as it used to be. But he would a lot of times sink towards the baseline and go away from the basket. And then you're even in a worse position. You're like in a no man's land. Whereas at least if you're posting up in the low block, you have some options. He would kind of sink away from the play. And I think that was more out of Monty's system necessarily than, than DA. But again, DA, I think was always kind of caught in that no man's land of, should I get close to the basket? Well, then I'm, I'm clogging the, the paint from a drive, but uh, do I want to go further away? Well, they won't let me shoot a deep shot. So he'd be in a position where he should not be in because he's not going to be as effective as he could be. So he's going to get these opportunities. His stats are probably going to go up in Portland. Um, I, for one, am going to be very happy for him. Uh, But I do think for this particular version of the Phoenix Suns that we're going to see, Nurk is going to fit this group a little bit better for this year. Yeah, my questions are on defense. You know, I think... The biggest thing I was looking for from Aiton this year was defense. You know, we need that stopper in the middle to win a championship. You know, we've seen it from Aiton in the past. I'm no expert on Nurkic, so I don't know if he can do that. Um, You know, I was really hoping to see Aiton in Vogel's system, and maybe Vogel can make Nurkic better as well. But uh, I just really want to see someone – who can be that back line of defense. And, you know, Aiton was more athletic. He was more switchable. And I just don't know what kind of defense we're going to see from Nurkic. So we'll see. That's a that's a brilliant comment on there from um, Mr. Voider there. DA looked like someone still learning the game when he was in the post. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he'd get the ball under the rim and look at everyone and anyone to tell him what to do. Well, that's why I think it's going to be interesting. All the I mean, talent, we're going to, but just couldn't yeah. pull it off. Is the Frank Vogel system going to be four perimeter guys funneling the attacker into Nurkic so that it Nurkic doesn't like have to come out on the perimeter, right? He and can. we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that hit and miss. Because, I mean, obviously, when we go up against teams like Denver, Joker's not going to come into the paint too often against Nurkic uh, when he can orchestrate from the top. So 
that'll be interesting. So I think it's going to really rely on, we're really going to have to see somebody like Beal take the next step. And again, I think similar to Nurkic, um, was, is he a bad defender or is he a, um, uninterested defender on a horrible wizards team? <clears throat> Cause that's a big difference. When Booker used to be a bad defender. Um, but then when we started becoming competitive and got to the playoffs, everyone was like, well, look, Booker can actually shut down players. And so, you know, are we going to see that from a Durant and a Beal and a Booker? Hopefully they don't feed into it too much and be, well, no, we'll just outscore people every night. Cause I've heard Katie say, you know, it's more about putting up points and it is stopping your opponent. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried about Nurkic on the perimeter. He could, if we can funnel people to him interior wise, I think he's, that's going to be a strength. Uh, yeah, KD is a pretty good help defender, and he's going to have to do that mm -hmm. this year because Nurkic cannot really do it. And we've also we've also seen Booker get a lot better on defense the past couple of years. He did it in the Olympics against the best countries in the world. He did it last year, and so we'll see. I you know I think Bill's underrated as a defender too. So I think. We'll see. As long as Nurkic stays healthy, we'll be all right. But let's talk a couple minutes about the other guys in the trade. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Grayson Allen or Nasir Little or definitely Keon Johnson, who probably will be waived soon. But uh, how do you like the potential fit of these guys? Do you think they're in the rotation? Do you think they will help us? What do you What do you think about those two guys? Yeah, I, I think for sure Grayson Allen would. Uh, if he's going to be on this roster, then I think, you know, it, it never hurts to have somebody that can shoot uh, three-pointers at a 40% clip. Um, so he he's the type of guy, he, he's kind of like, I don't know, would it be fair to say a younger Pat Bev, uh, maybe more accurate from deep uh, than Pat Bev, but somebody that gets into your face, pisses you off, probably going to get a couple technicals every now and then. Um but now he's playing on our side, so he's our bad guy. So, uh, you know, can we like that? I think we can because he's going to be that kind of guy that is it a dirty play. I don't know. But the very next play that comes by, he's going to then drain a three, and we're going to forget whether or not he just committed a dirty play against uh, our, the opponent or not. So uh, I think I think you can use those kind of players, uh, especially in key, uh, key moments of key games and playoffs. Um, Nasir Little, I'll be honest, that's the one that where I was just like, I don't understand – exactly what this guy is. Uh, is he a poor man's Mikhail Bridges? Is he supposed to be just kind of a longer defender? Um, he doesn't seem to do anything, any one thing exceptionally well. Um, and he's signed to what, a four-year, $28 million contract, something like that, so oh, seven okay. a year? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's when I kind of started lo looking into him a little bit, that's a kind of contract where you assume somebody's going to continue to develop because they haven't shown it to you yet that they're worth a double digit, uh, you know, double million, you know, kind of yeah, year contract. So, um, or he's a trade chip and that's, and that's what it's really going to come down to. Right. Is that, uh, and, and I think that's kind of what a lot of it, that's the far less sexy headline of, um, Phoenix Suns took the one DA trade chip and turned them into, uh, you know, three trade chips, uh, of uh, smaller sizes. That's going to be the far less sexy thing. It's far more likely that that's the case, though. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, there's going to be teams that would want a Nasir Little, you know, come trade deadline that I don't know what we're going to be able to get for $7 million a year, but we'll find out.
Uh, Grace, Grace and Nell into your a, a dick, isn't he? He's, he yeah, he's yeah, but he, he's our dick. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's um, basically maybe. the Australian of the Phoenix Suns team. He he might be. You know, there's rumors Ouch. out there that we still want to trade for TJ McConnell from the Pacers. Somebody we've targeted for a long time uh, would give us another true point guard on the roster. Um, if that happened. Grayson Allen might be the person going out, both since he's a guard and we've got a lot of guard depth, and also his salary matches up perfectly for TJ McConnell. So is Grayson Allen even going to play a game for this team? I don't know. But if he does, he's going to be like Jay Crowder. He's going to be that enforcer. And uh, like Creepy Crawley says in the chat, he's going to eat your children. So we could definitely use some of that on this squad. For sure. Some children eating. <laughs> Children eating. Yeah. We're all about that on Sun's Planet. Yeah. You know, different cuisines around the world for different folks, different strokes for different <laughs> folks. A little bit of fennel, some cilantro. Right. Yeah. There you, you know, go. Uh, well, uh, let me throw that right back to you then, Keith. Uh, would you rather have TJ McConnell or uh, Grayson Allen? You know, I've been thinking about that and I have not really been able to come to a consensus. I think. TJ McConnell might be a little bit better fit because he is a true point guard. He's still a very good defender. Um, but we already have a lot of, you know, shooting guards. We have a lot of guys that kind of play the same position as Grayson Allen. Um, I like TJ McConnell much better as a person. He's certainly not a villain as much. Um, I think he might be a little bit better fit, but at the same time, Grayson Allen's being an enforcer and being a jerk, that might be just what we need. So, And he might even be able to be the fifth starter. And I don't think TJ McConnell can do that. So I really don't know. Cloudy, uh, sorry. Cloudy Flavor there in the chat's got a great point. Um, Lamb is technically a kid, so... You know, eat children. <laughs> you don't eat Vegemite, but do you at least eat lamb, Hamo? Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Love a good lamb. That's that's awesome. So Better than, better than children, anyway. Okay, quick, <laughs> quick question, guys. I, I, obviously, we already have Yusuf coming in, but the numbers, I'm not quite sure if it would work. It looks like it might need another minimum contract thrown in. Uh, but would you be interested in a trade deal of Nasir Little, uh, Grayson Allen, and I don't know, uh, some other minimum contract, uh, you know, not Eric Gordon, but, you know, somebody, for a Miles Turner? And then we go and really add post-defense. Turner and Nurkic, not that they would play at the same time necessarily, but um, that would uh, Turner's at about 20. And Allen and Nasir it would be about 18, 19. Would that be something that you would be interested to see if they would uh, consider? I certainly would much rather have Turner than Nurkic, um, but I don't think Indiana would consider that. You know, I think they're trying to win. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they have a chance to at least be in the play-in in the East. And, uh, you know, I think they like Turner, even though they tried to trade him several times. He's gotten a lot better. Uh, he's been in the defensive player of the year conversations uh, for just 
Allen and Little and maybe some picks or something. I don't know why they would do that. Um, what about you, Hamo? Oh man, look, I would I would much rather see Tate Nurk and maybe Allen, whatever. Send it to Memphis and give me Stephen Adams. Oh yeah, years, man. I've been wanting it for years. Aquaman. That that is the the, the only Kiwi? Aquaman that people actually like. Right. <laughs> now we need an Aquaman drop. Jeez. Hashtag Jason Momoa is from Iowa, so nobody forget that Aquaman. Oh, and, from Jake's backyard. Nice. That's right. Germany and Hawaii and uh, Mars and every other country as well. <laughs> but no, look, I. I've always wanted Stephen Adams. I think with the team that we've got now, uh, granted he did have a, a bad injury last year. I still think that, you know, he's not our, our saviour or anything like that, but I still think that Stephen Adams is just someone that you, you cannot look past. Um, that, that would be a, that would be a, a bad year we're about to have if Stephen Adams is the saviour. Uh <laughs> Oh, that, totally, that, that's, totally. that's when you know things have gone really off the rails. Guys, don't worry. Steven Adams is coming. It's it's beyond right. the um it's beyond the uh the the tangible things too with Steven yeah. Adams. You know, it's 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 his attitude, it's his presence, it's his um camaraderie that he has with his teammates. You know, as soon as anyone's in anywhere even close to smelling having a scrap or something like that on the court. Adams is there backing him up. Yeah. And it's it's those intangible now, things that Grayson Allen is going to be backing him up. That might be the only reason he doesn't want to come to us because he knows he's <laughs> going to be saving this guy's butt. I, all I'm the just time. imagining that. Uh, you know, Booker does something, it upsets another player, and you have Adams standing behind him. Guy's going to back down. Booker does something, upsets a player, and Grayson Allen comes by and kicks him in the shin. It's going to be a different response, but um, you know it, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch for sure. A little bit of sweet shin music. Yep. <laughs> we would be the most hated team ever, you know. Bad boys, Pistons, get out of the way. Twenty twenty four Suns coming in the house. Grace, well, and that's, that's what Espo talked about on PHNX. I am ready to embrace the villain role because for how many years have we embraced the underdog role? And the basketball gods have said no. We, we're going to give you a ref that's cheating. No, you know, uh, we're going to give you a hip check. No, we're, we're going to give you terrible, uh, you know, health for Chris Paul. Uh, you know, way too many things. Uh, so, you know what? Fine. Sometimes you got to overthrow the establishment. And uh, and if we have to be the, you know, the, the villainous, uh, you know, uh, the black hats uh, in the desert, uh, the, the bad cowboys, let's give it a shot. Uh, you know, uh, let's try it. Uh, that, that's another reason why I like DA. He's so likable. You're bringing in a Grayson yeah. Allen, not nearly as likable. Uh, but if we win, hey, I'll uh, I'll learn to I'll learn to be the villain. Uh, what's that uh, Dark Knight quote? Uh, you either die the hero or you live long enough to long uh, enough become, the become the villain. Yep, hundred percent true, hundred percent true. And our main man Huntstar 5 in the chat here. Um, sorry, I was never a massive Jock Landale fan. Oh, what? Suck my jock! <laughs> wow. That, that I will drop, say this: I did. Uh, I, I did love the, the drop better than the player. Him play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 
Patty Oi. Mills, look, he's Patty Mills is an is an amazing person um, on and off the court. He really is, but he's starting to wane a little bit in terms of age and uh, quality production. But yes, please give me Stephen Adams, please. I'm not a religious man, but I can be. Please. Please. Well, Keith, what do we got next here? Uh... I think it's time to go to a room that we've had under construction, but I think it's ready to uh, finally have a little grand opening here. What's the name of that that nightclub of yours again? You talking about the Boom Boom Room? Yeah, the Boom Boom Room. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. Huntstar 05, our main man there, created that video for us. The Boom Boom Room, Devin Booker's Boom Boom Room. Come on, step on in, unless you're a Luca or a Nuggets fan. We've got uh, our bouncer, Jake, there. If you saw the video, he's keeping the riffraff out. But uh, we've got the Boom Boom Room here now. You know, the Boom Boom Room was all about good vibes and Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker owns the room. Uh, we're going to do kind of a weekly segment, either talking about Devin Booker or talking about what Devin Booker and his homies would be talking about in the Boom Boom Room. What's going on this week? What's the skinny? What's the lowdown? You know, and I think for this uh, kind of grand opening of the Boom Boom Room, We'll just keep it general about Booker. What do you guys expect from Devin Booker this year? Uh, well, you know, for me, uh, I was very much thinking that, uh, and I think I mentioned this last episode, that, that I expect statistically Booker to take a step back, Kevin Durant to take a step back, even Beal to an extent. Um, now, and I hate to say it's because of Nurkic. Uh, actually, let, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's because of Nurkic, but I do think that, there's a chance that we have MVP book and, uh, and I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Let's see it. Um, <clears throat> it's a little bit easier if you don't have to worry if your number one overall center is being fed appropriately. Um, and I think Nurk is going to be excited that he's winning. If a Kogi or Kata Bates Diops or uh, uh, Uta the Shooter is starting uh, with these guys, I think they're going to just be excited to be there for the ride. Um I think these guys are gonna have a blast. So uh, Devin Booker in a, in the club in the in the uh, bathtub. I think he's he's just gonna be chilling like a villain, and uh, I'm ready for it. Let's let's just see him become the maestro of this Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, title run. That's um, you know, you I, I think you're spot on there, Jake um, Booker. Everyone's going to be relaxing a little bit. It's going to be like those old, older guys at work that just sit there, just watching everyone, all the young guys running around, busting their ass, and they're just sitting there being wise and saying, you're going to be screwed in a year. You know, he's, he's wiser, smarter. I really hope he, he is 
in consideration for the MVP this year because um, I got him at $21 to, to be MVP. So nice. um, get gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't think he, he will end up getting the um, the MVP, I think, on a team with UKD and Bradley Beal. I just, I just don't think the the national media is going to wake up to book. But I'm happy for that to be the case because at the end of the day, we're we're not here for accolades other than championships. So uh, I, I think book's going to have an amazing season. I think we're going to see a massive uh, leap in growth and. Um, I can't find the word that I'm trying to trying to think of, but this whole DA thing um, and knowing that the team has stuck behind Booker and his feelings on the, the whole situation is uh, in the back of your mind, you've got to think, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. I'm on the right track if the team's backing me, if the office is backing me when it comes to situations like that. It, it, it's going to be beautiful this year, guys. It really is. I can't wait. We're only a couple of weeks away. Can you believe it? But Devin Booker is just going to kill it this year, man. But it's not going to be statistically and uh, in terms of like flash and pizzazz and all that kind of thing. It ain't going to be that. It ain't going to be highlight worthy all the time. But goddamn, he's going to put out some good, good shit. He really is. Hey, man, I think the word is impact, you know. He may not have the stats. I, I personally don't think his points are going to go down that much, maybe a little bit. Um, I think he could easily average 29 or 30 points if he wanted to, but he's not going to have to do that for this team. You know, the stat that I'm going to be watching the most is assists. His career high is 6.8 assists. That's the one thing that's going to leap. I think he's going to be in the top 10, you know, in assists. I think he probably will average eight assists this year. But I think he's definitely going to have the impact. You know, we saw him on the Olympic team. He was just doing all the little things. He was diving for loose balls. He was playing for defense. He was playing. He was passing. He was just doing everything. And I think that's what he's going to be for this team. And, you know, to me, especially if we win 60 games, that's an MVP right there. But that's not always who wins it, you know, especially if you're not an East Coast guy. The East Coast media already doesn't love you, hasn't given you the flowers for the past few years. It's getting better, but, you know, I think he'll be in the top five in MVP. But can he win it over guys like Giannis? I don't know. We'll see. But I think I think he can because Giannis has to split that with Lillard too. That's true. And so I, I think, you know, what's going to help is that, it's it's really and this is going to, this is where health obviously plays a, a role right is uh <clears throat> the suns are going to need best record most likely in the west uh to be in consideration and uh because we're not going to be the flash and pizzazz team this is going to be the type of team that when you are playing a game of nba 2k and you're down six eight points and you're like okay time to start coming back here and you start making some good plays every time down the court the opposition hits another jumper and you just can't claw it back. 
And that's what the Suns' victory is going to look like a lot. Is it's going to we're not going to back somebody down in the post. It's not going to be Anthony Davis wrecking people. We're not going to have a LeBron James guy driving through people. It's going to be three guys taking jump shots. They're just draining them constantly in your face, and there's nothing you can do about it. If you are down in the fourth quarter, you will stay down in the fourth quarter because these guys will just be too efficient at letting you come back in. That's what I expect. And that's that would be the MVP team that we would need to see from Booker is to lead that team of we don't let people back in it. They they try and come back in. They try and go on runs. And then we Kevin Durant hits a jumper. And then Beal hits a three. And then Booker hits a couple of mid-range jumpers. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's what's going to be disheartening for a lot of these, you know, competitive teams, especially, you know, kind of like the lower tier playoff guys that <clears> – <throat> think oh well we'll go in there and we're on a roll and we'll take it to phoenix and they just won't be able to stop the jump shots the fundamental jump shots it's going to be a little san antonio spurs ish out there uh but um with a little bit more style uh than uh, than we're used to seeing for sure nailed it man nailed it yeah and you know we acquired a guy that's a lot like devin booker his name is Bradley Beal. You know, I was ecstatic about that trade. I need a new favorite player now. I'm not sure if it's going to be Booker, Beal, or KD. You know, if you guys in the chat have any opinions on who my new favorite player should be, let me know. <laughs> but we made one of the greatest trades in the sense. Oh! Yes. Utah guy. Yeah, you know, Utah's another candidate. We'll see. We'll see. He definitely has the flash, the shooter. But, uh, you know, we made one of the best trades in Suns history, trading out Chris Paul and the corpse of Landry Shamit for uh, Bradley Beal. You know, this guy, he's averaged 23 points the last couple of years, but the couple of years before that, he averaged 30 points a game. Uh Two of the last four seasons, including one of those massive 30-point years, he averaged six assists as well. So he's out there putting up MVP numbers. He averages, you know, four to five rebounds a game. He's one of the best rebounding guards. He averages one steal a game. You know, this guy is going to be an amazing fit alongside uh, Devin Booker. And uh, right now I want to play a little clip from uh, the – introductory press conference of Bradley Beal and see what he has to say. But I'm excited about it. Like you have a lot of dynamic scorers who the biggest box that we check is our unselfishness. You know, all all of us just want to compete. We want to play hard. And the biggest thing we want to win, you know, and I think we all have unbelievable talents that we respect and we unselfishly push each other to be the best we could possibly be. So I'm looking forward to it. What do you guys think about that? Look, I'm, I, I don't claim to know a lot about Bradley Beal. Um, Washington is not a team that I... You've been watching I, all the I, Wizards I, games I over the last few years? Don't yeah. think. It's just me, but I yeah. <laughs> Disappointing. It's, it's it's not one of them teams you wake up at 1 a.m. on a Sunday morning and go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to watch the Wizards. <laughs> you know, you don't look forward to the, the, the weekend, long week at work to say... Hell yeah, we got the Wizards. 
versus the bloody Spurs. You know, like it's just it doesn't happen. But that, and I know it's been spoken about a lot before, but he looks very, very excited in that pe- press conference. There, he looks absolutely stoked, um, elated, if you would, to be given the opportunity to play on this team. So I, I'm very excited for what Bradley Beal is going to bring this season. I think he's going to be rejuvenated on a, on a, a new team, a new start. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the talent level is, is always obviously the main concern, but the, uh, the, the want, the desire, the, the passion, you can almost taste it coming through the screen in that clip. It's it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait. Well, and I think a little bit similar to uh, Nurkic, right, is that uh, there's some people that said, well, Bradley Beal um, hasn't been playing full seasons. Again, terrible team. You These guys have been setting their best players down early. So, and, and, and some people said, well, you know, he's not as efficient. He used to score 30 points a game. Who has he been able to play with uh, for a while? And so uh, I think, you know, I think you'd have to go back to the prime John Wall years uh, to take a look at that. And that was the only person I could think of. Right. I mean, the the only one that was considerate, you know, you could consider as an all star uh, potential, you know, each season. So uh, I think this version of Beal is going to be different than what little we've seen in Washington over the last two, three, four years. So yeah, maybe he's a little bit longer in the tooth. Not much. Uh, and and in comparison to what we had, which was Chris Paul, 40-year-old Chris Paul, just fingers crossed he doesn't break down by the time the playoffs start. Uh, I feel much more confident with Bradley Beal. I think his assists are going to go up because it sounds like he's going to get a little bit more of the uh, point guard duties, and it's going to be Booker or Durant stabbing you from the wing uh, just over and over again. I mean, this is going to be, again – death by a thousand cuts uh, type of a team. And if one of those guys doesn't do it, Beal is good at actually taking it to the hole and drawing some contact, getting fouls. So uh, I think I think Beal is very excited to go from I am the all-star on this team to I'm the third best guy on this team. So he, he can exert himself on defense now. Um, and it's similar to what Booker all of a sudden we, we saw – he was locking people down once we started making playoff runs. You know, in those in those days when he, we were excited with how many points he was scoring, we were not asking Booker to shut people down unless it was early in the season. We thought maybe maybe this is the year the Dragon Bender takes off. So I hope everyone plays hard out of the gate. This is going to be different. So I'm very excited to see Bradley Beal um, and uh, and of course Kevin Durant and Booker. It's just oh, it's going to be so much fun uh, to reemphasize Hamo. Uh, two weeks, two weeks to just see just these three guys. I'm going to be excited weeks. to see them playing together. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what Beal can do with this group. And and we're all professionals in our own right, in our day-to-day lives, like us three. And um, there, there When I'm bouncing be, at the club, yeah. When you're bouncing, yeah. um, when I'm doing nothing but showing up and talking smack. And... Um, <laughs> It's. I, I work in a very um, in an environment where your 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 workmates, your your team, could sink or swim you, 
in terms of if if someone's not not keeping up their end of the bargain, pulling their own weight, so to speak, that the wheels can fall off it. And isn't that and why I'm here? Exactly right. Someone's <laughs> going to stop me from rambling on like I am right now. But no, I mean I would when, take when, everything. When, when you've got the um, when the whole engine's the, firing together, it's a lot easier to lock in. It, I think is what you're and, getting at, right? It's a, it's a lot easier to to be able to trust the people you work with as well. Yeah, and I think for everyone involved, all of our key players, your Beal, your Booker, your KD. Um, it's it's got to be very any uh, anti anxiety, very relaxing, very uh, just good to know that these guys are going to do their job, and you do not have to have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Well, for all uh, my fellow uh, cold weather Phoenix Suns fans, uh, it's like a it's like a nice cozy sweater on a fall day. You know, that's exactly what it is. Because you guys think about this. We had Chris Paul, Booker, Bridges, Aiton. And, in you know, in the key moments of the game, you know, three, four minutes left in the game, Chris Paul sometimes still had it. But it was usually, okay, get the ball to Booker. Let's hope good things happen. Now it's Booker can give it to Durant. Durant can give it to Beal. And if one of them starts not having misses a shot or two, boom, swing it to the other guy. And next time he's going to be ready for it. So all of a sudden it's an abundance of riches. And, and we actually equipped this team with shooters. It's not going to be, all right, kick it over. Come on, Josh Okoge. We really hope you can make it. We will still have Josh trying to make it, but now we don't have to be reliant on only Josh Okoge making it. So all of a sudden going from one guy to finish games, we've got three guys to finish games. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and Dunks, thank you for throwing up that comment there. Cloudy flavor. Man, that's hard to say at 1 a.m. in the morning. Too many L's. Cloudy flavor. That's my guy. That's that's my main guy. And that is a, an absolute perfect statement there, brother. Thank you for throwing that up. Each cog needs to turn, to, turn the next one. And that is just perfect. And that is how I think we... Uh, my perception of how the players feel about this team this season is exactly what uh, Cloudy's saying there, man, because it's 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 a well-oiled machine and every piece will be doing their part to keep that perpetual motion moving forward. Well, there are a couple of concerns, and one of the concerns is do we have a point guard? The Phoenix Suns have always had a point guard. So let's see what Bradley Beal has to say about that. Just being free flowing. Like I don't think either of us really have a position. Like he can create, he can, you know, facilitate, he can shoot the ball, he can score the ball. Uh and I could do the same, you know. So it's not gonna be a who plays point, who plays shooting guard. I think it's an interchangeable thing and whoever gets it goes. I that think that's what you smile, just said, man. That little smile he's got there, dude. He knows that's it. it's he oh it's it. cheeky, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you you know what you know what's going on. You know, it really, exactly. I think if they're, they're really going to play on a string. We saw that with bridges and defense over the last couple of years. The string gets pulled and the whole defense shifts over good fundamental sound defense. Now it's going to be similar to that. Uh, but if the team scores, then the other side of the court starts taking off because anyone can take the ball out and start moving it. 
So this could this is certainly going to be faster than when Chris Paul was on our team. Oh, um, where Chris Paul was the Shaquille O'Neal of point guards at, <laughs> at this point in his career. You know, still got the fundamentals down, still got the skill set, but he he's sprinting down the court. He was not going to be able to do it too much, and so this is going to be I very exciting. If, that man you know, take the ball to the basket, go down the other side of the court, take it down the other side. Beal, Booker, uh, Durant, it's going to happen. It's going to be very exciting. And now Nurkic can pass. I know. I'm just trying. I'm really trying to talk myself into Nurk. Please keep doing it, man, because I need it. I really <laughs> do. I'm, I'm, I'm not just... sold on this seven foot white boy. Seriously. <laughs> oh, Voida. Voida with the. I mean, there was commercials about Chris Paul switching sports to speed walking. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was very accurate. Uh, so, yes, no, I, I think. Uh, it's going to be very exciting to see just, again, I don't know how teams will be able to stop us because it'd be different if it was like, we just can't shoot threes. You know, Paul was not the best three-point shooter. Um, uh, I think we got nervous sometimes. He, 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 he wasn't started, bad. He, he wasn't bad. I but feel you know, right. better with Beal and Durant now uh, than with just Booker because Booker sometimes frustrates with me. With, I mean, he can win a three-point shooting contest, but – in game times, sometimes it's it's surprising how many he does miss. Record now, all of a sudden, three point contest. Yeah, it's a lot more. Just the ball will be, you know, plays will be created from any point on the floor, and that's what's going to be very exciting. It's not all right. Swing it back out, reset the play. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of resetting of plays. I think it, you have too many guys on the court that will just be able to audible. It'll be like three Peyton Mannings out there uh, deciding to call Omaha and, uh, and the more, and that they actually get a whole off season together, they will learn each other's cues on that. And so as opposed to Durant coming in and being like eight games, okay, guys, this is how I like to play. You know, I like it, uh, you know, the, the ball to be passed to this side and I like to post up on this side and this wing. Now it's, they can all learn those cues together in training camp. Yeah. We didn't have the chemistry last year, especially after KD came in. But now we'll have KD and Beal for the whole season, and hopefully we can develop some of that chemistry. But, you know, the other concern with Bradley Beal that a lot of people bring up is injuries. This guy has played a full 82-game season two years out of 10. He's missed about 18 games a season. The last couple of seasons he's played 40 games and 50 games. Two years ago, he had a wrist injury, had to have a minor surgery. Last year, he had a couple hamstring issues, just like Devin Booker. Hopefully, we won't see that this year. But let's see what Bradley Bill has to say about the injury concerns. I think the biggest thing is the they were knickknacks. There were a few of them that I was a little hard-headed coming back from injuries and re-injured them and uh, you know, prolonged my, my time out a little bit longer. But there's nothing that was structurally wrong with my body or anything. I required surgery. It was nothing that you know, damage my body tremendously. So it's a few knickknacks that I can that I work through. My body's in a lot better position now. This is the first summer I've had in two, three years in which I have a whole summer I can work out. In years past, I've been injured all the way through the year. Last year, I was recovering from uh, wrist surgery, so I couldn't do anything till October. So he doesn't seem very concerned. He thinks they're knickknacks, and maybe he rushed back too early on some of these injuries, just like Booker has from hamstrings. What do you guys think? Do you guys believe him? He sounds so real, doesn't he? Just the way okay. he talks, it does not seem put on. It doesn't seem like he's got a, 
a facade, a, a public face that he's putting on uh, different than what you see off the court. The real Bill, as it may be. Real deal, Bill. Real deal, Bill. Real deal, I Bill. I like it. No, I, I, yeah, I think coming um, drop. You know, I, I used to live in Washington D.C. Uh, I, I like the city. I, I like if you like history, if you like museums, if you are a, a weird person like myself and enjoy politics, um, it's a great city to be in. Um, but I think Beale's going to enjoy the um, sitting, you know, out in the, uh, you know, the uh, Arizona desert, sipping red wine with uh, Devin Booker and getting a little bit of a natural healing uh, to take place uh, with a little open air. Um, you know, DC, it's, it's a metro area. It's, um, you know, it's a lot of concrete. Um, you know, there's a reason why I think Booker talked about, he was going to take him camping or something like that. And Bill's like, I don't know about this. It's so hot here. Why would I ever want to go camping? And, you know, I, I think, it, but he's excited about it. Right. <clears throat> it's a, it's a different atmosphere for him. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, and th this is something that, you know, it's kind of a, a interesting take. Uh, I'm going to channel my own Matthew Lissy here uh, from Ooh. Sun's Jam. But, um, you know, maybe guys just feel better with a little bit of uh, fresh air. And, you know, uh, the the New Yorks, the Bostons, the DCs, it's hard to get out and uh, and kind of go and explore. Whereas in Arizona, it's going to be a lot easier for them to do it. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of us have seen that Devin Booker walkthrough of his house and kind of like the palatial estate that he has. You don't get something like that in DC. You get a penthouse apartment, uh, and and that's your that's where you know the ball players live. Um, so it's going to be a, a I think a good healthy environment for these guys. And yeah, so I I believe in the whole kind of like he gets a whole summer to work out to get to play with these guys that guys that he won't have to carry. Um, you know, Chris Stapps and um, uh, oh gosh, who, who's the other Kuzma? guy? That, yeah, Kuzma. You know. Kuzma took a step forward this last year, but he's, he's not nearly on the same level as a, a Durant or Booker. You know, neither is a Porzingis. And so, again, just um, it's it's we're going to see team ball, but we're going to have three team leaders that if there's a, a you know a hiccup in the system, any one of those guys can you know jumpstart it again. So you got to be excited about that. I, I I believe the real deal, Beal. Real deal, Beal. I do, but hey. Look controversial once again is chris stapps Porzingis not the 2020 odd version of sean bradley oh yes i like that that's perfect i think so what no oh John bradley yeah. yeah yes come on george Sean Marathon. bradley's greatest accomplishment uh in the nba was making space jam uh Porzingis can actually put the ball in the basket um that Probably was not sean act. bradley's game <laughs> well you're right you didn't get a lot of roles after space jam uh but uh yeah like let's not let's not go down that road and be like porzingis is sean bradley like bull bull is sean bradley um you know that that's that, that i would i would accept that right now but uh I, I could see your point that a little overrated boston celtics fans thinking that porzingis is like going to for sure uh make it that i just you can, don't uh, get, get his heart, title, dude. but you just, I just don't know. get the don't Me get the either. hype around him. A big oh, seven footer that can shoot. Uh, I've got a I've got a mate, and he's a, a massive New York Knicks fan. He's a diehard Knicks fan. He always has been. Credit to him, man, because that's got to be harder than being a Suns fan. It really does. It does, yeah. But yeah, you know, oh the unicorn. He's a saving grace. He's this and that. Six months later, <laughs> bupkis. Nada. No, I, well, I can't. I can't put faith in him. 
You're everyone, right. Controversial. <laughs> everyone's going to be talking on Monday what they're excited about for the season because we've got media day coming up on Monday. And this year it's going to be live on AZ Family. It's going to be live on Suns.com and YouTube as well. So make sure you check it out. Uh, we have at least one person in the chat who's going to be there, Darth Voida. I'm sure he'll, he'll ask some awesome questions for us. But, you know, last year, uh, of course, the national media was there last year. And they they all said it, it seemed like a funeral. They said the Phoenix Suns Media Day seemed like a funeral. People didn't want to be there. We had just lost to the Mavericks in a brutal seventh game on our own floor where we got killed. And, you know, we had the Jay Crowder stuff going on. There was a lot of talk about Sarver last year yeah, and how he had all the allegations against him, and that wasn't resolved yet. So I really hope this year is going to be different. Do you guys think this media day is going to be a little different this year? Absolutely. Oh, Just yeah. what uh, John said, everyone's going to be talking about Hamo's take, Sean Bradley, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. Is it an apt comparison? Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I think I'm being too be kind, to be honest. Well, and and remember last year, I mean, you can't under, you know, sell the the Sarver story. I mean, it was there was sexual harassment, uh, verbal harassment, you know, uh, and, and just he was gonna he was Ghost on his way out with the organization. Yeah, and so you had that, you had yeah the, the playoff loss, and you had Jay Crowder not going to show up. But yeah, you can't. Uh, it, it won't be compared uh, the same way. I, it'll be a little sad to, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to talk about Aiton and how Nurkic is going to fit in. Uh, I am, for one, am very interested to hear what uh, the questions John asks, because I think sometimes some of our uh, uh, favorite uh, beat reporters tend to just ask the questions of like, so do you think this team is going to be competitive this year? Yes, of course they're going to be competitive this year. Stop with the softball questions. I want the tough questions like, does James Jones go into NBA 2K and see what kind of trade he can get back for certain players? Those are the hard-hitting questions that every fan actually wants to hear. And uh, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, the uh, kind of uh, off-the-wall questions that uh, John's going to be able to get the, these players to get to engage on. Hell yeah, man. And and for those people who um, are living under a rock, those who don't know, Darth Voida, a.k.a. John Voida, is not only the co-host or the, the, the main host of the Suns Jam Session and the the new um, person in charge of the, the bright side, uh, but he's also our son's stepdaddy. So this is the guy who... <laughs> we all rely on to ask those questions. You know, there's there's very few people who can actually get that close to the players. You, you're talking like your Gerald Bourget's, you're talking like your, um, uh, what's his bloody name? Ellen Olsen. Thank you. Thank you very much. So Voider is not only one of us, but he's in a position where he can actually ask the questions that the fans want to hear. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, the answers that that we want and um yeah thank thank you very much for for being in the chat here john obviously it's an absolute privilege to have you here uh and very much looking forward to what you're going to be asking on monday it's going to be amazing but last year it, it was the vibe wasn't it it was the feeling like it was it was just there was every single person said it ph next sun's jam 
Sons Geek, everyone said it. There was just this weird feeling in the air. Just felt weird. This year, man, it's got to be all optimism. Mm-hmm. Other than the DA, other than the DA thing, which, who knows, might be over by Monday. We might have got past it. But it's it's going to be a, an exciting day, and it just sucks that I'm going to be working. You know, the, the DA thing is a lot like uh, when you're younger and and you go off to school or you, you go off for a new job and you have to leave an old friend behind. That's the eight and loss for me. Uh, but there's also the excitement of completely new opportunity for us. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a little bittersweet that DA won't be there uh, to talk about how hyped he is for the season. But I'm excited to hear from, you know, uh, a Damian Lee and uh, and to hear about uh, how many threes he's ready to drain with you to the shooter. Uh, if Josh okogi has been working uh, in the offseason to actually drain some wide open threes uh, and and how he's going to be wrecking people trying to drive into the paint uh, against some of our, uh, you know, our new guys, Bull Bull, Eubanks. Uh, you know, we've got some new guys that I'm very interested to hear about um, from really players from all over the world, too, that are on this team. So. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to getting to know these guys. Uh, they might not be here long, Suns fans, uh, a year or two for some of these contracts, but uh, it, it, they're going to be uh, you know great characters in the uh, storybook of this uh, Phoenix Suns season. Yeah, you know, now that DA and Cam are gone, we've lost a lot of our brightest personalities. So we're going to have to see who fills that void. But, uh, you know, it wasn't all just a funeral last year. Here's uh, one lighter moment from last year's media day. I say it's fake news. Y'all might as well not keep nothing he put in there because all that he said is fake news. <laughs> so there was Busy and Cam enjoying a lighter moment. Who do, who do you guys think on the team is going to fill this void created by you know, losing all these personalities? Who's going to be the best interview on media day? I, I can't figure it out. Oh, really is it going to be Yuda? Is it going to be prepared for this question? To be honest, it's not going to be Grayson, is it? I was going to say it might be Grayson. No, <laughs> the no, guy that no. just walks in the building is just like, "What's up, everybody?" <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, in terms of big personalities, we had Mikhail, we had Cam, uh, Busy. Uh, you know, I, I think some of these other guys are a little bit more Bull, story, Bull, that's reserved. It. it could be. Uh, it could be. If, if Bull Bull's smart, he'll know how to, you know, uh, utilize his personality. And that might be the most playing time he gets is at Suns Media Day. Uh, but um, no, I, I think uh, who, who am I most interested to see uh, and, and kind of fear from is probably... I don't know, like an Eric Gordon or a Yuta. Uh, you know, two guys, a couple of guys that I think certainly could have gotten uh, commanded higher salaries that said, you know what? I want to come and win. I'm going to team up with this group and I'm going to play key roles doing it. Uh, I don't know much about uh, Kata Bates Diop, so I'm going to be curious to kind of hear about him. I know some people, some Suns fans have hoped that he's going to be that mysterious fifth starter. Um, so I'll be curious to kind of uh, get to know these guys and hear what they're going to be bringing to the table. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know anything really about Nasir Little. So there's another one right there. Um, Nurkic, uh, already has a little bit of personality when he was announced that he's coming to Phoenix, he tweeted up sons and four, which, um, is a little bit of a controversial thing to say, uh, sons fans felt like we angered the basketball gods, uh, when we plug that too much, but Nurk just comes in, he's like, eh, 
Suns and four. Like, I think he's just excited to be here. So uh, I wonder how Eubanks is going to feel being like, oh, hey, buddy, I'm excited Got to back, back you up, up again. But, again? you know, if, if they liked working together and now that they see they're surrounded by tremendous talent, yeah, they might be in pretty good high spirits too. So um, I'm actually – uh, I might almost be more excited to hear also from uh, the coach and the coaching staff about how they're going to be implementing yeah. a non-point guard system. You know, how Frankie is going to implement his defensive uh, strategies with some guys that aren't necessarily known for their defense. So um, I'm sure that's going to be a little bit more inside baseball talk. And uh, and Void is going to get to the heart of all that by you know just uh asking the tough questions that um, questions, yeah man. that uh, they aren't ready for so um yeah i i keep shaking my head because every time you mention someone i I've, man i forget half the people that play for this team now <laughs> it's I a really mystery do. box and it's just god damn we got some talent you um, might be the deepest team in the league now man totally and and to answer your question there cloudy um post game it's usually the same but on media day and things like that uh yeah it's fresh yeah 100 fresh but um oh look any anyone could be the most exciting could just come out of nowhere and you know just become the new clown so to speak <laughs> the new um, clown huh I, I can oh, see man. uh i can see grayson walking in and Man, I don't know what it is about his face. <laughs> punchable, as Voida says. It's it it is extremely punchable, but I just imagine as soon as he opens his mouth, he comes out sounding like the bad guy from Billy Madison. <laughs> like like just like the little weasel, like little just... see, I was thinking more like stepbrothers too. Just like I don't know what it is about your face, but Hello, every time Ms. I see it, I want to deliver one of these right into your sockle. Is there anything I can do to improve that? No, no, it's your face. Yeah, (laughs) it's your face. And that's going to be Grayson Allen. Uh, My my last question for you guys, uh, because I know we're at the, uh, we're already pushing into overtime at this point, uh, is do we see Ish Wainwright at Media Day? Uh, I believe he'll be traded very shortly. Traded? From, From my sources, he will be waived, cut, or traded. Okay, Very that's sure. that's a different <laughs> traded, waived cut. He's not going to be with the team, though, is what you're you're predicting. I uh, uh, no. Okay, I think he's going to be gone. He's one of our two non-guaranteed contracts, along with Jordan Goodwin. But I think Ish and Keon Johnson are the two that it makes sense to get rid of. We have other players on the roster ahead of them, and I love Ish. He's one of the best guys on the team. And but do you guys him, know hurt. Ish Wainwright played football? Bullshit. And he has a big That's what shoulder. I've heard. He's, you've seen his shoulder tats? He yeah. played football once. Fuck around. When? But I hope he's there on media day because we need some personalities like that, that there on media day. But we'll see who the next star of the interviews are on media day. But uh, until then, uh, any final words and where we can find you, Jake? You can find me at Fallen Founder and uh, just uh, just get excited, guys. Uh, you know, it's going to be an amazing offensive attack, and I think we're going to see some uh, decent defense. It's going to be a fun team to watch out of the gate. 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, look, guys, you can you can find me at Sir Hamo. Uh, for our Aussie fans, I'd really like to um, spend a, an ex- extra special thank you. Um, Daylight Savings has actually started while we've been doing this, guys. So whereas we started uh, at 1am in the morning on Sunday, for me, it is now actually 20 past three. Oh, my God. Uh, so to my boys in the chat there, Creepy Crawly, Cloudy, our, our Aussie guys, man, this that's dedication, guys. So I really appreciate you. You guys really are troopers. Do. Thank you. Troopers, 100%. And um, Voida, thank you very much for getting involved. It is absolute blessing to have Sun's uh, media royalty in the house. It is always, always a blessing. Um, but, yeah, check it out, Sir Hamo on Twitter, guys. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a break in the Aussie Suns fans, but we'll be back up and running soon. Um, guys, it's an to reiterate from last week, it's an absolute pleasure, uh, an absolute um, beautiful, beautiful thing in my life that uh, I've been blessed enough to be able to speak Suns with two of the best minds in Suns basketball media at the moment so thank you very much guys it's been a an, an absolute pleasure and i can't wait till episode three and you can find me at sundress dunks on twitter you can find the pod at sun's planet pod on twitter right here on youtube you can get it on uh, spotify wherever you get pods i think we're also streaming on facebook now but uh we're going to try to be here every week here for you and see how it goes this season. It's a total mystery, but uh, hopefully we'll be raising that banner soon for Al. And with that, Al, take Good morning, home. Al. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guy hurts. Here's the jump shot. Al McCoy with you, courtside. Pumped up a three. Tuesday, he ties it. A-D-A. Al and Tim up here. Al, oh, happy birthday. Yeah. I know it's the wall, but happy birthday, Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. Tuesday. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV, I thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.